Welcome to City League Sports, everybody. The show where we talk about the past, the present, and the future of Columbus City Schools athletics. I'm storytelling Jordan here. Like, clearly, I'm not Dr. Clarenow. He has the day off today. I'm the producer, so I get about 90% of these people in these seats. I'm the one, like, reaching out to principals, ADs, trying to get kids on these shows. I'm the one DMing, like, you know, you guys, like, on Instagram, trying to get you guys on this show. So today, like, I'm out of my element, but we're going to make it work. Let's do it. So we got Tori Cornette, football, basketball star, Independence 04, in the building today. Say what's up to Columbus. What's up, Columbus? Tori's in the house. All right, all right. Sounds good. So we're going to uh, start off with this. Johnson Park Middle School. Does the name Mr. Roberts sound familiar to you? Oh, my goodness. Mr. Roberts. Yes, it does. That's my sixth grade math teacher. Uh, Mr. Roberts was our track coach. Mm-hmm. He was our soccer coach. He spent a lot of time uh, with us. His uh, Mr. Roberts' uh, sister, actually, and my mom are, are really good friends. I didn't find that out till after Johnson Park. But Mr. Roberts was, uh, you know, probably one of the first black males that I seen when I walked through the doors at Johnson Park uh, Middle School. Okay. Yeah. So let me tell you something. So 2004-ish, Mr. Roberts was my math teacher. Uh-huh. And I just remember being in his class. And he was always saying, Tory Cornette this, Tory Cornette that. Like, Tory Cornette, he's the man. Like, he always had all these good things to say about you. And at the time, you were about a senior in high school. And so he planted those seeds. So my older brothers went to Independence. So shout out to Zach Hinkamore, Derek Hinkamore. So, like, I was still going to games even as a middle schooler. So I remember seeing you playing basketball and football. And I'm like, oh, man, this is Tory Cornette. Like, this is a superstar. And I knew that because of what Mr. Roberts was saying. So what does that mean to you to know that, like, one of your former teachers was saying – you know, such great things about you to to the younger kids. And Mr. Roberts, he's a staple, man. And uh, actually lives in the neighborhood not too far away from Johnson Park. Just one of those stories that you hear about someone that's in the community, helping out in the community, someone that you can go to and, and have conversation with, candid conversation with. Uh, Mr. Roberts was a math teacher, and I remember uh, at Johnson Park we had uh, Dr. Marvina Bosley, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, who was our principal at the time, and they implemented a program where you could uh, take algebra in the in the sixth grade, excuse me, pre-algebra in the sixth grade, algebra in the seventh, and geometry, get a high school credit in the eighth grade. And uh, Mr. Roberts was uh, someone who believed in me and believed that I could actually, uh, you know, go to pre-algebra to kind of get my, you know, challenge me a little bit. Right. Um, but just to hear that um, is is gratifying, man, you know, that Mr. Roberts uh, would say that, would mention me, man. And we had a lot of great guys that come out of Johnson Park. Mr. Roberts used to mention guys like Justin Valentine, who ended up going to Eastmore Academy, playing at Minnesota. And uh, he was our track coach. Mm -hmm. He was our soccer coach. And uh, it's crazy that you say that because uh, Mr. Roberts used to call us the thoroughbreds, on my thoroughbreds, where my thoroughbreds at. Mm -hmm. And... uh, it's just uh, it's good it's good to know that you know people are still mentioning you even when you're not even you know aware of that man and for sure that's love man so yeah um, we talked about this a little bit before the show so I went to Johnson Park too obviously I mean I said it just now too but. Um, I went to school with your sister, Taria Cornette. Yeah. You know, so I remember her very well. She was very well respected among her peers. She had the influence. She had the academics. She was an athlete. I mean, she was basically a Cornette. That's what yeah, y'all do. For sure. So like staying in middle school, um, shout out to Taria. Actually, I want to say this. She's actually the reason why you're on the show. Yeah. So I hit her up on Facebook. I was like, yo, Taria, we're trying to get Tori on the show. Like, can you help me? And she was like, oh, yeah, I got you. So definitely shout out to your sister. Like, Big shout out, Reedy. We love you, baby. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> so um, staying in middle school, like talk about 
just middle school, you kind of mentioned like the neighborhoods, like riding your bike. Uh, t- talk about what music y'all was listening to. Talk about the hallways. Tell us some JP stories when you was, when, when Toy was 11, 12, 13 years old. Oh, man. Johnson Park Middle School. I would wear my Columbus Cougar uh, jersey to school um, in the sixth grade. I would wear my Eastland Viking jersey to school in the eighth grade. We had a dress code. Um, some of the music that I was listening to, man, uh, you know, I'm looking at uh, that's when uh, cannabis was out and him and L. Cool J had a battle. That's yeah. when uh, DMX, the Rough Riders anthem, stop, mm. drop, oh, shut them yeah, down, open yeah. up. Stop. That's when all that came out. Um, Johnson Park was an amazing school. Uh, it challenged you. It was a neighborhood school. It was. It, it felt like a STEM school, but it wasn't. It was just a. It, we just had people like Mr. Roberts, people like Mr. McClure, people like Dr. Marvina Bosley, uh, Miss Tinker. After um, you know Miss Bosley, Miss Edwards. You know, we just had a bunch of teachers that really cared about the students. Um, and you know, we had a chess club. Johnson Park was the first place I learned how to play chess. We had a gentleman by the name of Mr. Glover on Saturdays. He would bring us in. We would have Reese's Donuts. If you're yeah. from the East Side, you know about Reese's Donuts. You know, Livingston. He would bring in Reese's Donuts, and we would we would play chess. And he taught us the game of chess. We were able to uh, enter in chess tournaments. Johnson, not let alone the sports alone. You know, you had so many guys. Eric Hall, D'Angelo Smith, um, and you know, I could I could name and keep naming. Um, Johnson Park was a very special place uh, for me, man, and I and and I, I go back there now, and um, um, and I see the administration now doing great things, and I'm just looking forward to that East Side Johnson Park continuing to to put out great products like myself and yourself. Yeah, what about like the neighborhood? Like, did you were you a Barnett kid? Were you were you riding your bike around playing ball? I like, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I call I call myself a Berwick baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know we moved to Berwick, uh, you know uh, around the time in middle school, you know coming from Smith Road. Um, but, uh, man, and so just walking to school. So with Johnson Park, they would only bus you if you um, live two miles away from school. Mm-hmm. So I live within that two-mile radius, so I wouldn't, I didn't get bused. So, right. you know, it was walking to school. You know, we, we um, either getting dropped off in the morning, you know, to school uh, with parents in the neighborhood, or, and it was definitely in the sixth grade, it was walking home from school. Mm-hmm. You know, we walk home, you know, five, six deep, yeah. you know, through the neighborhood. And, you know, being in Berwick, it's like you're, you're, uh, your next door neighbors with anybody from Barnett, anybody from the Courtright area. Yes, sir. You know, anywhere, anybody from, you know, East Haven, you know, Sutton Square. You're riding your bikes from Berwick to Sutton Square all the way back, going down Churchill's on Courtright. You yes, know what sir. I mean? Everybody, everybody knows kind of uh, what I'm talking about. But uh, just the uh, the family that was uh, developed at Johnson Park Middle School, I think definitely uh, was a great foundation for uh, for myself. Yeah, I remember uh, I never got to have Mr. McClure, but like my older brother, Derek, he was always talking about Mr. McClure, like, and just how funny he was and how much the kids loved him. Like, unfortunately, he he passed away mm-hmm. before I was able to have his class, but definitely shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of like what other teachers like did I really like, like middle school, like, like for me. Did you have Dr. Turner? I knew who she was, but I did not have her. Dr. Turner. Everybody loved Dr. Turner. Yeah. Like, like people talk about. Uh, did you have Coach Jackson? Yeah, the, the, the gym. Yeah, yeah the gym too. I actually, I used to be a sub teacher. <laughs> okay. And like, I used to uh, run into him. Yeah. Um, at Independence, you know, I run into your brother too. Like, he, your yeah. brother was my sub teacher at Independence. Okay. And like, yeah. so now I'm running into him now at, at uh, like Buckeye Middle School and stuff. People mm-hmm. like, what's going on, man? I'm like, yeah. yo, what's going on? It's like, it's crazy, man. Yeah, like, connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, everybody talk about um, like high school and college and how those are like the the best times of your 
your life. Like, honestly, for me, I know people hate middle school. I love middle school, dude. Like, Johnson Park, like, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was rough. There was a lot of cool kids there, too. And right. those were the best times of my life. Yeah. Shout out to, like, Jerome Prentice. Shout out to Terrence Watkins, Sam Haygood, Gerald Ivory. Like, those are my dudes back then. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so you leave middle school, you go to Independence High School. Mm-hmm. And y'all have a squad. Like, I mean, for football, you kind of just mentioned some of the names. But you had Eric Hall. You had D'Angelo Smith. Uh, you had Jacob Ramsey. Mm-hmm. So so what was it like playing with such high-caliber athletes at Independence? Man, it was, you know, at the time, I don't know if we looked at it like that. You know, um, we didn't look at each other as, like, high-caliber. We just looked at each other, a bunch of dudes that just want to work hard and want to compete. And uh, Coach Marvin Bohannon uh, was our coach our freshman year, and he used to always talk about being great. And one thing he used to say was great players make uh, great plays in, in big games. And so everybody walked around and just, you know, it was kind of like a joke. It was just like, come on, man, what you doing? Be great. Be great. You know, mm-hmm. and, and we started this lingo of just like being great. Um, and so, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing at the time. We were just playing sports, having fun. Uh, trying to be the best that we can be. And uh, it really blossomed into something really special. Prior to even the teams, like some of my influences of why I wanted to go to Independence, you know, I had older brother, um, Terry Cornette, mm-hmm. um, older cousin, uh, Tony Cornette stayed with us. You know, he's a year and a half older uh, older than me. And so that competition and having two older brothers that go there similar to yourself kind of drove me, mm-hmm. drove me there. Not to mention other influences uh, in the neighborhood, in the Smith Rove area. You had Roger Rod, Rod Harper. You had Joe Cooper. You had Art Mackey, Earl Humphreys, who's the coach at Beechcroft High School. Mm. All of these people going to Independence, me going to the games in the Coliseum, seeing Kenny Gregory, who was a Johnson Park uh, alumni, you know, who later was McDonald's All-American, went to Kansas. Seeing these guys in high school, I, was, I had to sit back and say, man, I want to be a part of uh, that Sixer Nation, mm. I, the Mighty Eyes, what we called it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to be a part of that. Um, but jumping forward, man, you talk about uh, D'Angelo Smith, Eric Hall. You know, Eric Hall was Ohio State's uh, number one recruit out of high school. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that grew up with me at Berwick Elementary School to Johnson Park. D'Angelo Smith, who's now the coach, uh, defensive back coach at Ohio University, had Mm -hmm. a stint in the NFL Mm -hmm. uh, with the Cowboys, um, the Browns, and the Lions. I mean, these are guys that we spent the night over each other's house. Yes, sir. And not to mention Jacob Ramsey. You know, know, Jake was my college roommate. Mm -hmm. You know, now the AD at Canal Winchester High School, longtime athletic director at Columbus Public City Schools. Jacob started, I want to say he started in the Sugar Bowl and the Orange Bowl. Mm -hmm. And these are all people right here. And Jacob probably went to sophomore, I believe. These are all people that went to middle school, high school, right here in the city, um, and products of independence. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it just was kind of like iron sharpens iron. You know, Jacob is a little younger than us. He's looking at the older guys, trying to keep up, trying to be competitive. Um, we're all trying to be competitive and trying to outdo each other. But at the same time, at the end of the night, on Friday night after the games, we're all having pizza, you know, kicking back and hanging out. So yeah. it was just a great experience, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So 06, I was a little freshman. I had just got to independence. Jacob Ramsey was a senior back then. And believe it or not, we had, uh, acting one together he sat right in front of me and I was like oh man this is like Jacob Ramsey like this dude's like that he's that guy like he's a big deal you know what I mean so like that's a little story about that yeah who are some of the other big names that you guys played against like in football like I know you you know you, you had uh, Burt Caven Eastmore yeah. who were some of them city league guys that you guys went up against yeah man uh 04 man we had you know on the east side we had one at Ridge mm-hmm. you know shout out to Ridge we had Eastmore who is pretty much like our rival Deontay Johnson Donald Henderson um, those guys, uh, Marion Franklin, you know, they had a, a bunch of uh, young studs. There was their junior year, uh, Alex Daniels, uh, Keith Massey, Eric Wade, mm. Big Mike Cross, 
Marino Bowes. Like Mayor Franklin was was nice, man. They had a, they had the biggest team. You know, West South. You know what I mean? Like we were the City League South at least was loaded. Not to mention, you know, we played Beechcroft. You had your Sir Joseph Welches of the world. Um, and let me not forget, you know, one of Ridge had Gary Russell, who mm-hmm. later won a Super Bowl ring mm-hmm. um, that we had to play against. Um, and Brickhaven, you know what I mean? Brickhaven, they put us out the tournament, but those was all my boys too. You know, Jermaine Cox, Akeem Galloway. Uh, DJ Jones there? DJ Jones, yeah. Dominique Jones. Yeah. Do- DJ was DJ was a beast. Um, Kinko, you know, the D-line, their whole D-line, yeah. offensive line, they – Brookhaven, they they was nice, um, and uh, and Brookhaven, they had the coaching, they had the camaraderie. In. The city league then was just, it was it, man. When we played, you know, different schools in the OCC, you know, and different things like that, uh, it wasn't a thing. It was like, you know, we're going up against uh, Wanda Ridge, or we're going up against Brookhaven. You know, if we went up against Pickerington or you know Kettering Alter, it, it just kind of was. The competition was a lot um, even. You know, okay. the competition was even. It was just whoever's night it was that night, that's, you know, who who could win the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So think of a memory, like, think of your days. It's probably your senior year, junior year. Like, name a great game that you remember. Like, it could be, like, your performance or your team's performance. Like, just talk about a great game, a great memory, and, and tell us what happened. Yeah, man. Uh, great game my senior year probably had to be, uh, I mean, great games. We had, like, those three teams that I mentioned. Uh, shout out to Mary Franklin High School. Shout out to Eastmore Academy, and shout out to to Walnut Ridge High School. Um, and those games, uh, thinking forward as far as uh, Walnut Ridge, the year previous we had lost to Walnut Ridge. They had guys like uh, Tiger Ellison, Ernie Wilwright, mm-hmm. uh, Gary Russell, Mike Jones, and shout out to that whole O three class at Walnut Ridge. Man, they got us. And I knew I said our senior year, it's no way that uh, that we gonna let Ridge get us. And Eric, my buddy, was uh, he was battling with Gary Russell to be the best running back in the state, not only the city league but in the state. And Eric was like, "Man, come on, T, man, you ain't gonna let Gary rush for 150 yards on you." <laughs> so I was looking like, "Hey, what you talk about, man?" But lo and behold, he wanted to you know rush for more yards. So I came out that game, you know, probably had about 15 tackles. Um, you know, I was kicking field goals, punting, uh, catching touchdown passes. Man, we was doing it all. So that game kind. Kind of solidified us and then we had to play them again the first round of the state playoffs um so that year um you know beating ridge twice was huge coming off of a previous year where they had they had beat us um it really showed us and really kind of propelled us going into the state that year okay for sure now you also uh a third team all-state basketball player so you, so so what was it like to be like um let's let's talk about basketball a little bit but i guess the question is like what was it like to to be able to play multiple sports at at, at a high level in both cuz third team all-state that's no joke like you would yeah. no scrub obviously yeah no nah, top 15 in the state man five people make all-state and uh, that's uh, I believe that was division 1 yeah. you know so um you know, I, I grew up hooping. You know, I grew up Schiller Recreation Center, uh, Marion Franklin Recreation Center in the hoop sessions. Mm-hmm. And then my dad formed his own AAU team playing in All-Ohio for a couple years. Um, so I grew up a hooper. Um, football was something that I kind of, um, even though I played it at a young age, I was just always good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball was something that I loved. And so uh, I really kind of dedicated a lot of time, effort, and energy into it. Um, but, you know, just my journey in basketball, watching my brothers play, uh, TJ and TC, Tony Cornette, Terry Cornette, watching them ball out um, in the city and um, just kind of having an expectation of, uh, of greatness and always just knowing that I wanted to play in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to play sports in college. And, you know, it was not, nobody that was going to tell me that I wasn't going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just a lo- the journeys along the way as far as basketball were really kind of got me into – 
propelled me into basketball was, you know, like I speak on my family a lot, Deza, one-on-one in the backyard. You know, we had a basketball hoop in the backyard, one-on-one with my brother Terry, one-on-one with Tony, mm-hmm. um, you know, keeping track who won today. Yeah. Then you go in the basement and you're playing video games, mm-hmm. you're keeping track who won. And uh, me always having to play against older guys, once it got to my class, class uh, 2004, I think it kind of prepared me uh, for those moments, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, of going up against the best guys in the, in the state. So what about the City League? Who 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 you guys played against? Like, were you playing against uh, Jamel Cornley? Like, like, talk about some of them big names yeah. that, that you personally got the experience in. Talk yeah. about that, yeah. So me and, me and Jamel actually grew up playing on my dad's AAU team together, okay. believe it or not, as, as young kids, man. And, yeah, we went, battled against Jamel Cornley, uh, Brandon Ivory, who was at uh, – one at Ridge. Um, you're looking at, uh, you know, Sergio Welch, who was at Beechcroft. Uh, Jermaine Cox at uh, Brookhaven High School. Come on, man. Uh, so many, so many different, so many uh, times. Ju- Julian uh, Sullinger, mm, who was yeah. at Northland High yes, School. Sir, yep. uh, he put me on the spot. And, and, hey, y'all, don't get mad at me. I know I love y'all. <laughs> it's too many uh, the names. It's too many names. Yeah. And um, we had a lot of dogs come out um, those years. Even jo- Jamel was a year younger. Um, you know, Jeff Cumberland who was at uh, Brookhaven, you know, uh, and then, you know, playing against Drew Lavender, who was, you know, a year or so older uh, than me, class of 03, Brandon Fouts. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys who went on to play at Oklahoma and then Xavier, you know, um, right here in the city, we had so many Division One uh, athletes in both basketball and football right here in the city. Uh, it was just, uh, it was just ama- it was an amazing time. Yeah, man. I actually was at that Brickhaven Independent City League Championship game um, at Otterbein, and I, there was no place to sit. Like, I kid you not, like, it was like we didn't have no seats. It was stacked up in there, man. So that's a good memory for me. Yeah. So you leave uh, Independence, you graduate, and you start playing basketball at Prairie View A&M. So why did you choose basketball over football? And what made Prairie View stand out from other schools? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, my parent, my mom, she was a retired school teacher at Columbus Public Schools, uh, Barry Middle School, Westmore Elementary School. And she always pushed on us uh, HBCUs, HBCUs. My brother graduated from Norfolk State. Uh, Tony Cornett graduated from West Virginia State. My sister Taria graduated from North Carolina A&T. Mm-hmm. All HBCUs. So that was kind of like in our mind, like the benefit of going to an HBCU that had higher graduation rates. Um, for um, African-American um, students. Mm-hmm. So Prairie View was just, at the time, it was an opportunity. Uh, Jerry Francis uh, from the city of Columbus uh, was a coach, and uh, uh, they reached out to me, and I had an opportunity to go play mm-hmm. at Prairie View in the SWAC. Um, you know, everybody knows about the SWAC with yeah. Deion Sanders, Jackson State. Yes, sir. And uh, I went out there 18 years old, you know, many miles away from home, 40 miles north of Houston, Texas, and I was mm-hmm. able to play ball. And uh, and I had a great great opportunity. Uh, well, now what made me choose basketball was I had a lot of football offers, believe it or not, out of high school. Um, you know, Virginia Tech, University of Cincinnati, the Naval Academy. You know, the list goes on. Indiana, uh, but I had hoop dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted yeah. to hoop, man, and I wanted to uh, yeah. yeah, I wanted to um, try my hand at hoop. And you know, I don't I don't regret it at all, man. I, I really am uh, thankful for that opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So you do leave Prairie View. You transferred to Cincinnati. So you went from basketball back to football. So what all went into that decision? Like knowing everything you just mentioned about your family and the HBCUs, mm-hmm. what made you choose to go back to football and, and to go to Cincinnati? Well, I just seen more of a future in football. Mm-hmm. Um, I just seen, you know, people that I grew up with, Mark Fillmore, um, who's a coach at Reynoldsburg High School, 
um, you know, Lance Moore, um, these guys who went to Berwick Elementary School, um, now going to the NFL. And I'm like, I play in the sandlot with these guys. Mm -hmm. These guys are motivating factors for me. So I knew that I could transition into football. Um, the coaches, uh, Coach Mark D'Antonio sat, sat on my court, uh, my couch, uh, offered me at the University of Cincinnati. He was coming from Ohio State as a defensive coordinator. Mm. Uh, so I knew I could make the transition. Not to mention, my homeboy D'Angelo was like, come on, man, come to UC, yeah, man, come yeah. to play with us. So um, I seen an opportunity. And sometimes, you know, when opportunity comes, you know, you don't want to you don't want to pass up on opportunities. Yeah. Uh, so I took the opportunity to transition into football. I thought it would be a great opportunity to play at a big-time Division One. A school and had a potential to, you know, play professional one day. So I read somewhere that you had to earn your Bearcat stripes. Like, what exactly? Can you explain to us what that is? Yeah. So you know, earning your Bearcat stripes was just pretty much, man. Coming to um, University of Cincinnati, I had to come in. I talked to Coach Mark D'Antonio. He said you could come and play here, but you'll be a walk-on. You know, so I had to walk on my first year after he had already offered me a scholarship. Mm. So in the back of my mind, I knew I had the talent to, you know, to play there but I had to earn it. So I walk into a, a linebacker room and there's 10 other guys here and three of them are returning from last year. Mm. So you're looking at seven other people that you have to beat out. Um, and that's just to get on the field, not to mention now I'm playing to to, to get a scholarship. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had to earn my stripes every day in practice, uh, every day in workouts. Um, and as a walk-on, if anybody's ever been a walk-on, you get all the second-hand gear. Uh, so you get the secondhand jersey, the secondhand socks, the secondhand cliques. Um, the coaches kind of overlook you. You have to make yourself seen. You have to you have to let it be known that you're here. And so every day in practice, I was a disruptor. I didn't care if I was on the scout team. I was trying to um, take. I was trying to just take what what I knew what was mine. Hmm. And I wanted someone to notice me and wanted someone to see me. So when I work, when I talk about earning my Bearcat stripes, I went in a room where no one um, but the coaches knew who I was. Um, and I had to make someone know that I needed, uh, I deserved a scholarship. And after my first year at University of Cincinnati as a walk-on, sitting out a transfer year, the next year I was able to, they were able to put me on scholarship and said that, you know, you pretty much earned it. So it was just a testament to uh, perseverance, and it has a lot to do with, you know, the neighborhood. Yes, you know, sir. Coming from the city league, coming from Johnson Park, coming from Independence, sometimes being overlooked taking all that energy, taking everything that you learn and uh, putting it into kind of like a gumbo and being and having the confidence to know you can make it happen. That's an amazing story, bro. That's an amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that, man. Thanks. So uh, you just kind of mentioned D'Angelo Smith. So he was there. Jacob Ramsey was there. You were there, obviously. So Independence Loki was was representing in the 513 down there. And I believe uh, Isaiah P. from Eastmore might have been there. So there were a bunch of City League guys down there. So what was it like to play college football with some of your friends from Columbus? Like, was that special? It was very special. I mean, like I said before, Jacob was my roommate. Uh, me and D'Angelo driving up and back from Columbus to Cincinnati, um, you know, hanging out. Isaiah P. coming on, just being a straight beast from Eastmore. You know, when I'm in the locker room and I'm talking guys from Jacksonville, Florida, or, or uh, you know, Miami, or wherever they're from, you know, the City League was well represented. Not to mention, later on, Alex Daniels from Columbus Brookhaven came and, and played. Uh, so, you know, we had a, 
We had a crew. We had a Columbus City crew, not to mention all the guys from the OCC that came up to Cincinnati. We had a crew, and we were represented, and anybody in the locker room knew if you were from Columbus, they knew the type of athlete that they were getting. They knew the type of personality that they were getting. It was an honor to play with those guys at, at Cincinnati, for sure. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned uh, Mark Antonio. So did you you switch over to Brian Kelly eventually, right? Yeah. So what was that like? You know, because you so clearly you probably had some level of relationship and connection to Mark Antonio. Yeah. So what was it like going Going from a coaching change like, like you know so significant like that from one coach to the next well it was tough because uh I had to earn my stripes with Mark D'Antonio and then when coach Brian Kelly comes in um they want to bring in their own guys mm-hmm. and then who's this walk-on guy that earned a scholarship you know in their eyes and so I was told that my scholarship was on the line mm-hmm. so here I am again with the new coach having to prove myself and once again that's what I did you know mm-hmm. every day I, I played with a chip on my shoulder um a reckless abandon um an undeniable confidence um, because I wanted the coaches to know that not only did that I deserve to be on scholarship I deserve to be there but uh they had an asset in Tory Cornette you know, and, and I did that not only for myself, but for anybody else that was coming from the City League, coming from uh, schools like, you know, Warner Ridge, Eastmore, Marion Franklin, South Briggs. I want them to know that, hey, they are good enough, you know, to play at the highest levels. Um, but there is a level of dedication and work that you have to put in. Mm-hmm. It's an extreme level. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to uh, represent that way. So it says in 2007, Cincinnati won its first conference championship since 1964 and advanced to a BCS bowl game for the first time. Cincinnati also earned its first appearance in the top 25 in more than 30 years so what did it mean to you to 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 see Cincinnati have that success it meant a lot you know and to see coming uh coming in at UC seeing no one come to the games to now everybody's at the game everybody loves you Uh, first no one cares who you are Um, now you're playing in a big a big time BCS bowl game it's a level of humility that comes along with that uh, where you're not too big for the moment Um, you know my senior year I was able to start um, in the in the and uh, be second on the team in tackles. Um, and uh, it, it's just it's ultra gratifying to know that, you know, you could see you could come from a place of humility to know that, hey, no one really cares who you are. If you put in the time, effort, and energy to work, you know, you can you can be on top. You can leave out your senior year on top. Can you remember any game specifically that just stand out that you just that brings you so much joy? It could be a game that you had an interception, it could be a game you had a bunch of tackles or a touchdown. Like think of a game back in college. What was special about that game? Tell that story to us real quick. Yeah, I mean, like all the games were special, and I say that because my family was able to uh come and, and be there, be present. My grandmother, my grandfather, who no longer here, they were able to come and see me play. All my, my family, you know, from Southfield to Smith Road to Berwick, they were able to come and see me. It was kind of like when, when when I was successful, it felt like we were successful. My brothers, my sisters, everybody. Um, but, you know, when we played against Marshall University, my senior year, I had pulled my hamstring earlier in practice, and they weren't sure if I was going to play. They wrapped me up, taped me up. I went out there, and I had the most tackles I ever had in a game. I think I had like nine tackles, um, a sack, a couple uh, pass breakups. And it was just a gratifying moment to know that if you push through, man, if you push through that uh, that threshold, then um, it's nothing but success on the other end of that. I also understand that you got the opportunity to try out for the Bengals. Um, and some of your teammates also were at that mini camp, uh, Kevin Huber and Ryan Manalik. I'm not sure if I'm saying that name correct. Yeah. But what, what was that experience like? Talk about the ups and downs of like that, that whole process of trying to try out for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, everything is timing. And, uh, you know, LaShawn McCoy, we played against him at Pitt. That was a good moment, you know, uh, tackling him. 
Um, but trying out for the Bengals, man, it was uh, it was uh, it was gratifying, man, to be in the locker room, to put the helmet on, to put the jersey on, um, to know that you're you know in that one percent of college athletes that you know have opportunity to play in the NFL at the next level. Uh, it was ultra gratifying being in the locker room with uh, big big time guys. I tell guys all the time, you know, uh, it's a timing thing. You know, um, a lot of times, you know, the talent might be there, but they might have 10 or 12 other guys um, that they have. And so that was kind of my situation at the Bengals. I think we had like 10 other guys, uh, you know, maybe five were signed in large contracts. Um, they drafted a guy, and then the last spot was given to some one uh, potential free agent. Mm -hmm. So it was a long shot for me from the start, but it's real gratifying to know that once I got up against the best in the world, my peers respect me. Yeah. My peers know that I can ball, yeah. and uh, that that that's enough for me, man. Just to know that you know I had the talent to play with the best in the world. Now you mentioned you had hoop dreams. Would you say that you also had NFL dreams? If so, what was it like to know? that you had to kind of go to a plan B route after after that process? That's a great question, man. And I, I talk to a lot of uh, former professional athletes now. I, I kind of mentor them about that making that transition from uh, professional sports into um, being a professional in another area of their life. And um, there is a um, there's a mental barrier that you have to get over at first. Um, but I, my strength didn't come in my uh, – my power didn't come from me being an athlete. So I always knew there was life after sports. Uh, mm. I was well prepared for that uh, going into it. Um, but it was a, it was kind of a letdown. Um, at the same time, I was able to, you know, play a little arena football and I was able to travel the world and play professionally over in Germany mm -hmm. for a couple of years. So I, 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 I was able to kind of fulfill my dreams or, or my goals of being a professional athlete. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I like that. Like you you said that, yeah, I played football, but that's, that wasn't my purpose. That's not my identity. You know, like one of my favorite lines, I don't remember if it's in Spider-Man or if it's in the Avengers. It's in one of those Marvel movies, like when Spider-Man is like, like when, when, when Iron Man takes his suit away from him and Spider-Man's like, I'm nothing without this suit. He said, if you're nothing without this suit, you don't deserve to have it. So like, I'm glad that you knew that your real identity was in, was in something way bigger, man. So right. kudos to you for that, man. Right. So now this is, uh, we're going to take a turn. Mm-hmm. So I saw a clip of you and your family on Family Feud. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I was on a game show. Yes. I looked it up on YouTube, and, and all I can remember is seeing uh, you, your brothers, and your sisters, and y'all just like hugging oh, yeah. each other and yeah. dancing. I was like, I was weak. Talk yeah. about that. Like, how how did you guys get on Family Feud, man? man. Like, 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 tell us the story. Man, Family Feud was a great experience, man. Uh, if 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 you haven't done it, if they if they still do, I think everyone should at least try out the experience. So Family Feud. You have a, a open call, and we mentioned Taria. Taria was pretty much the driving force behind it, my sister Taria, because mm -hmm. Facebook puts out open call. You see those on Facebook all the time. You might not read it. My sister said, hey, y'all, let's try out. So you submit a video. You can record a video with your phone. You submit it. Once you submit the video, then your family automatically gets called to the open uh, casting. Mm -hmm. the open casting is usually at a large hotel. It's probably three, 400 families. Uh, family few already knows they're going to pick X amount of families. And you just go and you have fun with it, man. Um, you know, you go and you do like a mock family feud as like the audition or the tryout. And uh, what they want to see is they want to see you having fun. They don't, you know, want to see you so much trying to win the game, but they want to see personality. They want to see you having fun, and they want to see you also then win the game. So Taria, being her, having that cheerleading background, she's mm. a cheerleader at A&T, yeah. she told us how to walk down the aisle and clap and, <laughs> and be happy and yeah. put on our smiling faces, and, and we took her lead. And, you know, the rest was history. Uh, me and Steve Harvey, very, very cool guy, man, yeah. uh, from Cleveland. 
um, you know, homegrown, talking to him is kind of like talking to like your cousin or talking yeah. to Mr. Roberts. Yeah, yeah. Talking to talking to your uncle. Like he really um is a real person. He it is no celebrity factor, yeah. you know, when you when you're talking to him. So that was a great experience. And being with the family is kind of what it's all about, man. So we had a we had an amazing time, man. So is this like 2015, 2016, something yeah. like that? Yeah. So I was a production assistant actually. Um so I'm a film, you know, I study film making in college and things like that. So like one of my first gigs was like different production assistant jobs. Family Feud, I remember they came here, they hired me to be a PA. So I was one of these people shooting these families and things like that. So I must have been in a different room that y'all was in. Yeah. But I was in there shooting the families and like they had like this cue when they wanted us to know that they, they're gonna pick that family for the next round. But it was so obvious. Like they would look at us and just be like, this mm-hmm. point. I'm like, everybody can tell that, you know, that you like to pick them. Right. That's crazy. I remember that. That was at the Sheraton. Like, yeah. Right, yeah, right yes. down the street. Yeah. So we're about to wrap up in a second. Um, switching back to football, what advice do you have for, like, kids today? Like, so if there's any kids that in Columbus City School specifically, if they want to play Division One football, you know, what advice do you got to, do you have for them so they can stand out uh, to recruiters and coaches? Yeah, man. Um, the advice I have to not only the players, but to the parents. Um, I help people I consult with in helping uh, student athletes uh, get college scholarships and get recruited at the next level. And one advice uh, that I have for the students is you have to be realistic about what you want to accomplish. So if it's you want to accomplish playing football at the next level, at the collegiate level, you have to be very intentional about uh, accomplishing that goal. No one is coming to save you. No one is coming. There's no magic button to get to the top. And no one's going to come and just give you an opportunity. You have to write it down, make it plain, and you have to be consistent about achieving your goals. Um, so first, in football, you have to have a trainer. Um, you need to have a, a, a strict weight program that you have to be on consistently. Uh, you want to keep your body as clean as possible. You know, stay away from the the, the, the black and miles, the tobacco, the weed, um, as much as possible, um, especially if you're under the age of 18. Um, you want to have your grades. Your academic prowess is amazing because um, there's so many trainers, there's so much talent right now that your grades have to be um, top-notch. You have to be a top-notch character individual, last mm-hmm. but not least. I mean, your character has to speak first. So when they speak of your name, they w- you want them to say, that's a man of integrity, that's a young man or woman of, of a high level of character because because these college coaches can find talent anywhere, um, but they can't find high character anywhere. So that's that's one of the main, main important things. And you have to be intentional. Um, you, you have to, um, you know, consult with people that have been there before. It's people that know the ropes, people that understand how to get to that level um, and people that can help you. And you have to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that's helped me throughout life is I had a whole bunch of OGs that tell you stuff. And, and mo- some of my friends, they don't listen. I listen. I try to learn something from everyone. I don't care if it's the custodian, somebody uh, alcoholic on the street or, or somebody that's preaching in the pulpit. I try to listen and learn something from everybody. All right. Before we get out of here, is there anything that you want? want to say that I didn't uh, ask you that you think is important. Yeah, man, I just think it's important for us uh, as the City League that, you know, um, once we make it to the next level, once we make it to college, all right, that's not it. Once we make it to the uh, professional world, um, being a professional athletes, that's not it. We're so much more to that. And I think that it's important for us that once we have these opportunities, once you get an opportunity to play at a high level, to really hone in on the opportunity and take it serious, all right? And what I mean by that is you didn't win a championship by just getting there. You win a championship by getting there and doing your best while you're there. And that's on any level. And last but not least, at, after you become an athlete, you go to the top, there's life after that. There's a family life, all right? 
your identity is not in the sport. Your identity is, is who you are. And if that's a child of God, your family, and how you were raised. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So I cannot end this show with I, I, I forgot to say this. So there's an independence connection. Obviously, you Independence 04. For those that don't know, Independence 09, baby, right. right here. So shout out to my boy Brandon Hall, Richard Small, Carolyn Roscoe, Alex Hobbs. You know what I'm saying? I got to shout these people out, man. Mr. Arnold, Ms. Stroh. Like, any, any teachers Miss, you want to shout Missy Madison. Oh, Miss Madison. Madison. That was, yeah, Miss, uh, Missy Fair now. Missy Fair, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, cheerleading coach, uh, oh, Miss yeah. Hatton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to shout out uh, Jacob, uh, Ramsey, Brandon Morton, uh, Ronnie Morton, Floyd Lewis, Dominique Ali, Jonathan McDonald, um, D'Angelo Smith, Eric Hall, um, uh, Chad Carr. Yeah. Uh, come on, uh, Cliff Duxon in the house, uh, Provo, uh, Provo. The co class is 04, 05, even 03. My guys older than me, man. Uh, I, I could name all y'all, man. I yeah. love y'all. And y'all know I do, man. Uh, everybody from the class, Independence High School, 02, all the OGs that I looked up to Andre Ashley, Jason Morton from the Southeast Bulldogs to the Columbus Cougars to the Eastland Vikings. Yeah. Um, if you're a part of those rep, uh, organizations and everybody else, man. But uh, those specifically, man, I hold y'all dear to my heart, man. And. Uh, I love y'all, man, and uh, y'all made me who I am today. Yes, sir. Juan Pacillas, too. So that's all the time we have today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Tori, bro, so much for coming through, man. It's been love, man. You can catch all future episodes on WCBE 90.5 FM. You can also catch us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Additionally, follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, at City League Sports 614. Until next time, we out. Yes, sir. We out. We love you. Peace.